Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And lucky enough for the listeners... The oh, it's a good one. The intro is going to bleed right into that sweet, sweet hostful episode. Just and me and you this time around, Grant. I think we argued about this on a recent episode. I think it was probably 49 or something during the intro about what, what like, what, uh, what over the hump, what over the hill was. Yeah, we did in the at, last at any rate, intro. At any rate, we're at half a century. Big 5-0, 50th episode, and I couldn't have a better co-host to do with my friend. Man, it's great to grow old uh, with the one you love, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It's been a super fun year and almost a year and a half now. It's been like, it's just been awesome. Had so many good conversations with other people and, and uh, the consistency of each other, man. It's pretty rad. And, you know, to get some contact or some, uh, like, some uh, feedback from people has been awesome. Absolutely. Man, and I, it's I a, this a fitting, a, yeah, for sure, a fitting show topic in milestones is what we're talking about and achievement and context and really what does it mean and how important is it and we get to do some reflecting on the show and the past and its future and we we get to reminisce and it's it's a really fun episode it was it was a blast it was a privilege to do it with you grant so fun pleasure was all mine no the pleasure was shared as all things are in this union oh well said my friend thank you uh being a hostful episode uh, we don't have a traditional sponsor, but just uh, giving a shout out to uh, to Go Plus Do the Skillshare class that uh, I launched a couple months ago. Now at this point, um, which uh, you can find if you go to goplusdo.com, it'll just redirect to the Skillshare page, uh, and it's really cool, man. That's a cool project that you know uh, I talked about with. Uh, you for a while back in the fall i was working on it with a friend of the show jake jorgovin episode 35 fail proof yep yep. and uh we we expected like very optimistically maybe 10 15 students and we ended up getting featured by skillshare and and now have i i think as of last count maybe like 550 students or something unreal just i'm just clapping here thank you man thank you that is so i i was rooting for it and it just took off even more than I thought you'd do better than ten, but I couldn't have imagined five hundred and fifty and yeah. but in the end, I'm not surprised because two awesome people put work in on it. Hey, thanks, man. I really that means a lot, and of course, we believe in the content and we believe in the idea, which is start a creative project that matters to kind of get people kick started uh in a creative career or to get them further or to just kind of reframe stuff and uh i think it's appropriate for our topic today which is milestones and really it's like oh cool 550 students but it's like it you know it doesn't like necessarily gratify the thing or validate it but it's but it is cool and there's like a an interesting topic there that i think we dig into deeper in the episode but uh if you're interested if if you're trying to trying to start a creative project if you don't really have direction on that and you're just looking for some i think guidance and some guardrails i i really believe in the in the class and and if you're interested it's just go plus com. absolutely check it out guys uh it's really cool and the, I, the intro video you guys did for it was really awesome too. Yeah, it's it was fun. a lot of fun <laughs> uh so thank you grant for 50 great episodes thank you listeners more importantly for for giving us a reason to put the show out every week uh enjoy episode 50 milestones (laughs) 
Is that that video where Lionel Richie is like staring up in amazement, tongue hanging out of his mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Sweet, sweet Vincent. Sweet Grant. Sweetest Grant. Oh, nice. You got to one up me. Everything's competition. Why can't you just be happy? (laughs) Tell me what you're working on. What are you putting your time into? Where are you? What's going on? Tell me everything. Hi, me? Vince, I'm, I'm Vince. at home. How's your mother? She's great. You know, I get to see her tomorrow, actually. No way. Her and my what? father are coming up to visit. Uh, it's going to be nice. Spending a couple days here. You going to take him around the city? Yep. going to go do some stuff, eat some food. It's going to be a good time. Um, so specific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm here at home in my ice-cold apartment in Minneapolis. It is a... And I, we'll get to why that's especially grating in a moment. But um, what I'm working on, was, was that part of the question? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I, <laughs> for some reason, every episode, I seem to be curious about that. You just, yeah, nonstop. Um, I am busy at Yamamoto on an RFP for the Miami Children's Hospital. Can you explain what an RFP is for those uninitiated? Yes, uh, request for pitch. And it's basically the um, capabilities and mini pitch that goes in front of doing an actual pitch. Um, and so sending that out uh, later this week. Yeah. And, That's an interesting uh, process. We should yeah, all, it let, is. Let's, let's get into that in a different episode. I really think it's like interesting, like working on spec. It's like oh, it simultaneously totally like makes sense and is complete bullshit. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and the cool thing is i love doing these projects that are for a good cause and oh yeah you know children's health is like pretty cool you don't always get to do that in advertising sometimes you're, you're just slinging the the green you know selling the hash but sometimes you get to do cool stuff so those, neither of those by the way neither of those were actual phrases people say okay i was gonna say oh yeah that <laughs> that classic phrase selling hash in advertising yep, exactly. uh, if Grant. only it'd probably be easier <laughs> yeah um hey grant yeah where are you why is it so obnoxious that it's oh, one degree fans it's and what are you working on man that okay i don't like to revel in others pain too often so i don't even want to but it's like ooh, it's real warm where i'm at <laughs> Rebel, my friend Rebel, you i I, I come to you uh from sunny los angeles more specifically venice california where it is somewhere above 70 <laughs> and there are no clouds, and I see only sun. And you're just warm on the inside and out? Yes. <laughs> warm <laughs> Dude, all over, that's my so friend. Cool. What are you doing out there? Uh, hmm, a few things. Recording a few podcasts. Um, I'm going on Jordan Brady's podcast, Respect the Process, which is pretty cool. Um, as you know, I'm very interested in film, filmmaking, writing, directing, that stuff. So I'm connecting with some folks out here, hopefully for some projects. Um, I think that's it. I'm shooting a lot of photos. And, um, you know, actually, I just came from lunch with a uh, friend of the show, episode 44? No. Yep. I yep. So, 40, episode 43. 43. Katie Featherston, Paranormal Activity. Such a delight. We She's had, so awesome. We man. had oh. so much fun with her on the show, and... We had so, I had so much fun at lunch with her, and she God, she's just like, and she was so happy. She said she loved the being on the podcast, and we were fun, and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, et cetera. Well, she's fun. She is delightful. Totally, man. So yeah. she sends her best, and I sent her your best. I didn't say it, but I sent it. Oh, thanks. Thank you. I think. I think that could be a slogan if you want to use it for any of your advertising clients. I didn't say it, but I sent it. FedEx. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll pitch that one tomorrow in the dark to FedEx. I didn't say it, but I sent off. it. Gmail. <laughs> hey, these are just ideas. I like them. Uh, well, man, I wish I was out there with you. Oh, next time. Yeah, rain check. Uh, but no, well, seriously, there's not a lot of rain awesome. out here. Oh, say. come on. The rubbins, man. That's uh, what we call that, the rubbins. Oh, sweet, uh, sweet well, uh, it is. I guess we'll, we'll broach this subject. It's a hostful episode, and yeah. I believe the first hostful in which we're not recording together in person. And I think maybe the first hostful of the new year, actually. Uh, the, sec- the second one, right? The first, well, very first, first episode. recorded. First recorded. I'd hate to... No, I'm just <laughs> oh, saying, yeah. Right? yeah oh, no, I mean, that's true. That's yeah. true. We and, recorded the old And it's and ironic. Yeah, we're houseful from afar, but it's kind of nice. It's an it interesting is. experience. I miss you, buddy, but I'm happy you're out there. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like you can kind of um, idealize something or someone in your head. I just imagine you just like gleaming golden and like uh, like a Roman god on the other side of the mic. Ooh, well, I think the same of you, but in reality, I'm a huddled, pasty freezing to death guy in his apartment in a computer chair so i'm so cal <laughs> you're, you're so good you're so cal oh another slogan we should pitch that to like usc or maybe just like california the tourism state. board of san yep. diego or something yeah <laughs> we're making moves already on this podcast speaking of made moves oh speaking of uh moves made in the past and moves to be made in the future checkmate uh hey we didn't mention this yet Episode 50. Ooh! Half a Are century. You hyped? Yes, I'm hyped. Vin, the excitement is real on this end of the mic. I gotta say. <laughs> you can hear it electric in our voices. Mm. No, but it is, actually is uh, very exciting for me personally. It's something I'm really proud of myself for, and I'm proud of you You know for. what? I was actually talking about that with Katie, because um, she asked about you, and she asked how we met, and I told her, you know, the whole saga... And um, she just kind of asked how it was going, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, you know what? Uh, I'm so happy I met Vince and like, you know, we work together and all these things. And I was just like, it's so lucky. And I'm so proud of him and us for having just like, you know, shipped a year and continuing on. And it just keeps getting better in my opinion. And oh my uh, God, we, yeah. we still love it. You know, I think that's a testament to uh, to our friendship, our partnership and to the project. I couldn't agree more. I look forward to with wide open eyes every single episode we do. So uh, it's exciting. 50 episodes and here's to 50 more and more than that. And it's been it's been really fun. And we are talking about in that context on today's hostful episode, Milestones. A classic, a classic 10,000 10, hours start 12 to 15 minutes in. You've, you've got the topic. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you can expect one thing from us, it's that we're, you consistency know, consistency is important. Consistency <laughs> is important, though. I that really is, do yeah. Think so. Totally, totally. Uh, they don't tune in for the topics, right? They tune in to hear us ramble on. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been uh, sending out those surveys, and they've all been coming back. Five stars on you guys rambling. I don't tune in for anything <laughs> else. And actually, we've been getting a lot of requests for more ramble, less uh, substance. <laughs> Less content, yeah. <laughs> uh, on that, qu- quickly on that note, though, we've had a bit of an influx in feedback from our listeners, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, on on the social medias, yeah. You know, I think um, uh, that's a work in progress. It's experimentation, but it's it's funny to think, uh, kind of like owning that. It, it's weird for me to have been in like a consultation role so often. 
and telling people what to do with their social media, with their brand, et cetera. And then like, mm -hmm. of course, <laughs> your own advice is the hardest to take. And it's like, you know what? I think uh, consistency and and actually putting out thoughtful stuff and and just being there and interacting with people is like so important, as I've said, but it's easier said than done, of course. And I think we've uh, made a new commitment to that. And I think it's like been better and it's good. I, I like that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, and in some ways, to a lesser extent, it's a, it's a bit of a milestone, right? When your fan base starts interacting with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes it more interesting. It's like, <laughs> okay, somebody's listening. I mean, frankly, I think you and I both, uh, from the beginning, it's like, not that it doesn't matter, but it's like, that's not a huge priority for us. Um, is like, oh, we don't need that. That's not why we're necessarily doing it. But I do think, um, your priorities start to switch and, and evolve and, I do, you know, ultimately we are doing this for ourselves, but still I think we're doing it for other people. And so it's cool to kind of see people uh, get interested in the show and, and interact with us. And, and of course yeah, it's totally. nice when people say nice things, right? No, absolutely. I, I think it's like the difference between the, we don't need affirmation or anything, you know, from the people who listen, because like you said, we do it for ourselves, but we, you know, it's part of our mission to like do say something valuable to someone and, get people give people access to you know guests and interesting topics and ideas that we think are interesting as well and so mm -hmm. it's cool to see that you know I think, proven i think that's um because it's so cool for somebody to tell you they like something you're doing i think that's why i'm like almost over the top but very genuinely like i when i like something i try i try super hard to let the creator know that i like it and to thank them for being generous with that uh, yeah, I know that to be true of you. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in action, and I, I think I can take a lesson from you in that regard. I try to do that too, but I achieve it to a lesser extent. Well, it's the funny thing is we just assume that the creators that we like or admire are like I don't want to say like secure, as in like the opposite of insecure, but we just assume that they don't need that or they like hear that all the time, and it's like we're adding oh, to a I pile. Did, yeah, but. Honestly, man, you, you, you talk to some people and I've had, I've had the fortune to talk to a lot of my idols really. And it's like, oh man, they appreciate that so goddamn much. <laughs> like, you know, that really means a lot. Oh my God. You know, I, I saw this thing on the internet the other day <laughs> and it was, um, it was a letter, an open letter mm. from Anthony Hopkins. Oh, to Vince Gilligan or to, no, no, to, um. Breaking Brian Bad, Cranston. right? Brian Cranston, yeah. Brian Cranston, uh, telling him how he just had finished binge watching, yeah. just like any of the rest of I us, know. the entirety of Breaking Bad. And Anthony Hopkins takes the time at 3 a.m. in the morning to write a personal email to Brian Cranston, praising him, the rest of the cast, and the entire crew on just some of the finest acting he's ever seen on film or television. That's how he put it. Yep. And that was so bizarre to me because, you know, part of me just figured like, like what does Brian Cranston want with praise? He's probably inundated by it. And what is Anthony Hopkins bothering giving another actor praise because it's just part of the job, right? But it made me realize that at any level, we create in part so that other people can join us in delighting in the things that we create. And hearing that, especially from someone who's a prolific creator himself, must have just been something else totally dude that's um the more i have been in this mode and the more i have created 
um, anyone saying something nice is like so meaningful. But I will say there is this whole other level when someone you admire or somebody whose work you respect says something nice. It's like almost can crush you. Right. I mean like even Seth, Seth has been so kind about the work we've been doing and it's like, he's very supportive and that means the world. Right. It's like, Oh my God. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. One of the more emotional experiences. Oh, right. I I mean, yeah. Him, him voting, like voting with his time, which in my opinion is more important than dollars. And Man, I got to give a quick shout out to, um, I listened to a Tim Ferriss podcast episode with Maria Popova, who mm-hmm. runs Brain Pickings. I don't know if you're familiar with that site. I'm not, actually. Vince, I think this would be right up your alley. Brain Pickings, essentially, it's this Maria Popova. It's been around for eight years, and she curates a range of content, um, but it's a all kind of edge cases like she'll have like an infographic of like the sleep schedules of some of the greatest thinkers uh the particular article that she um kind of excerpted slash quoted seneca in it was seneca's manifesto on the shortness of life um she'll she'll like dig in she'll pull out highlights and then she'll kind of refer you to the source material or to complementary material so so good that sounds right up my alley. I'm yeah, to to I don't out. know where I was going with that, but I will say it's like <laughs> you're t- you're just pointing out a cool thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, it's tough. I've, it's got me very present. It's got me feeling very present. Essentially, it's like commenting on productivity and busyness, things that I'm sort of. I mean, we talk you about efficiency say, a lot. <laughs> you might say you're enthusiastic about those subjects. What I am. I am. But yeah. it's got me. It's really got me feeling uh, feeling like you know what. Time is the most important currency, and I know we say it a lot, but it is the most important currency. Agreed. <laughs> Speaking of time and the passage of time, what is your most recent milestone, Grant? It might be that might be like a either a loaded question or yeah, a hard yeah. question because you know I think milestones become clearer to us the more time that has passed between us and them. I think that is just a natural human phenomenon, but. Maybe uh, it's a useful exercise to try to take a look at our most recent. You know what? Okay. So I sort of have a weird answer to this. My, and it's related to this Seneca thought path. Like my, I mean, okay. So there've been some cool milestones, you know, like, and I, it's weird. I think about these, I'm just going to be very honest with you. Like, you know, we quantify so much in a social media age and in an internet age, and it's like numbers mean something. We're not sure what, but they mean something. And I think about things like, these things are weird to me because I all the work I do, I've never really ever expected them to necessarily be seen that much. Um, mm-hmm. And I think about like C21A, that article I wrote on Medium, um, which actually is the reason Katie Featherston and I got connected because she... She it resonated with her so much, and she reached out to me, and that's kind of how that relationship got started. Um, and that's you know maybe uh, over one hundred fifty thousand reads, which is like wow, cool. Um, you know that Vasky music video went out on a really good channel. It has a great audience. It's over a million views now. Uh, like our Skillshare class that with Jake Jorgovin from episode thirty five, Failproof. Uh, it has over five hundred students. Again, didn't expect more than ten students. Um, I remember you telling me like a dozen would have been a smash success. Yeah. Is that crazy? I hadn't heard the updated count since it was like around 80. Yeah. It got that featured. Is outrageous. It dude. totally is. is. so great. It's, it's wild. I had um, a friend of a friend. Uh, my friend was telling me that her friend, 
was like taking this class um, because her her job allocates a certain amount for she's a designer and they allocate a certain amount for Skillshare classes and she had just chosen this one because it was one of the featured classes or something and then had realized <laughs> I, I was one of the teachers and I was just like wow that is so fucking bizarre that like anyone organically came across that thing um, but so okay there's those things right and mm-hmm. I think someone who hasn't put a lot of stuff out there especially might be like, Oh wow, that's so cool. Um, but it's also so meaningless. Also, you know, it's, it's awesome. And it's so like cool to like see people interact with something you put an incredible amount of energy into, but ultimately it's like, it's somewhat meaningless. You know, I mean, I think one person having a really passionate, um, response to something could have more impact than a thousand people reading something, you know? I think you're totally right. Obviously, um, I think that I wouldn't go. I would. I maybe wouldn't hedge quite so. I don't want to discount. I'm not trying to discount. Yeah, I'm not no, trying to exactly. discount it. Right. But I am. I am saying like the milestone that I feel like I have reached recently, and this is jumping from that Seneca piece I referenced. Which, when something influences me, you know, it's just so like it totally grips me for a bit. I think that's mm-hmm. probably like a p- obsessive compulsive. But um. <laughs> I want to tell you a quick story about uh, last night. And so, as I told you, I think before we were recording, I'm not sure, but um, I'm staying at this studio out here. Uh, it's a partner of mine that we I work with a bunch. They have a studio in L.A., and they're letting me stay here. And um, there's a production company here as well. And the production company has a guest staying here, and then my partners um, have a, a guest, which is me. And so we're two strangers, and we're both staying here. Uh, there's two bedrooms. And um, the first night, we didn't run into each other the second day, we didn't run into each other. And then last night, um, it was maybe like 6 or so p.m., and I had like opened up a bottle of wine downstairs, and I was just kind of settling in to do some work. Um, and I, I went back downstairs to grab my glass. I'd left it down there, I don't know, whatever. And uh, I ran into him in the kitchen, and um, we started talking. And it was this English bloke. <laughs> bloke. Oh, no way. Yeah, and um, we just started started talking. Uh, it's like, oh, hey, hi, yeah, we're staying. We're both staying here. Isn't this beautiful? It's so cool. Yeah. And um, then we really got to talking, and he, he's a TV director. And um, he was telling me he's out here from England for a couple of weeks, finishing up an edit, and it's so cool. It was like, oh, wow, that's such a cool thing. You know, from an outside perspective, that's amazing. And... And then we, you know, we just kept talking and then eventually we like went and sat outside and we ended up talking for two, two and a half hours. Um, yeah, we went from, we were just riffing, riffing, riffing on like the Oscars and on film and on the movies we saw this year and on the state of television. And then we got into music and, and, uh, you know, the rising genres and festivals and youth and age. And we really, (laughs) all of art and commerce and mankind, (laughs) the important conversations of our time. (laughs) But so we dug in, you know, and it's just like, it really, man, it's just one more I feel very fortunate to have interacted with people who are in positions that seem enviable. You know, even the, even Katie, Katie Featherston, right? She's an actress, you know, she's she's known, she's, you know, quote unquote made it. And it's like they're so human. They're the same. <laughs> and I don't know, there's something about that like there's something about that that kind of takes me out of uh, takes me out of the achievement mode, which is like, I need a trophy. I need something to show for my work. And it really just kind of puts me back into moment to moment. You know, this is all there is kind of mode. 
It doesn't Dude. take doesn't take me away from creation, but it does take me away from like like there are milestones, there are like aspirations, but the, I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> there's you know what else? I don't know. I think there's just there are more too much weight. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, a milestone for me to really honestly just feel that way because we can fake a lot of feelings, but to actually genuinely feel them and like believe them in our core is that's an another important... animal entirely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I want to echo some of your sentiments. Yeah, I would love to hear about you. Sorry. I mean, that was, was such oh, no, a long was... answer to a recent milestone. <laughs> that was the answer I was hoping for. I like when you, I like when I start the ball rolling, I can just get out of the way and watch you careen down the countryside. That's <laughs> my it, favorite thing. Just crushing trees, crushing cabins. <laughs> oh no, were right. there people in there? Villagers. Um, <laughs> firstly, I, I agree. I think I can, as someone who has kind of climbed the traditional agency ranks i'm mm-hmm. not many rungs up the ladder yet but i used to kind of idolize and maybe you were the same way mm-hmm. while i was in school or when i was younger uh agency life and it seemed like this unattainable bastion of cool and then when you reach that level you realize oh well we're all just going to work doing a job and these are regular folks with faults and and good qualities as well. And it shouldn't have been that scary in the first place, but it was. Uh, and that level of familiarity kind of, it, it makes you, it kind of opens your eyes to the fact yeah. that if breaking through this level turned out to be not so different than the level below, then the level above can't be that different. And the more levels you break through, the more you realize that it's not a series of levels at all, right? It's a continuum. Mm-hmm. Um, the The other thing I wanted to touch on is that these numbers, like 1 million views on the Vasky video, by the way, is like pretty sensational. Yeah. Um, they are useful in a way mm-hmm. of providing context, right? They are not, there's no intrinsic value to the fact that 1 million people watched your video, right? Yeah. But there is some – you can make it valuable to yourself if you can look back on the fact that you reached 1 million views and and you know what does that make you feel how did you get there what does it mean in the context of the rest of your work Mm -hmm. and you can make it provide value that's the one pushback honestly i gotta say that's actually a really great point and also in um if we are actually going to get dig into like the mm, maybe not efficiency but but i think part of efficiency which is like hacking i think you can reverse engineer something and be very effective at it. And I think that's actually a great strategy sometimes. You know, it's like without – the thing is, of course, you can't put too much stake in the thing as as it's like valuable on its own. But the here's, – here's the interesting thing though. I think there is value in having a goal and achieving it. And the goal, like the thing you get is not necessarily – the value, but the fact that you desired something and found a way to get it uh, is kind of like an interesting achievement. You know what I mean? If I was to say like, oh, I really want to win an Oscar, but it's not like, I don't want to win an Oscar because I want to win an Oscar. I want to win an Oscar because it's like, I want to find a way to achieve that. That's like kind of an interesting layer on top of your reality, you know? Absolutely, dude. I totally agree. Oh, that's, that's kind of fascinating. The fact that you the fact that you reached a million views again intrinsically doesn't mean almost anything. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that you let's say you wanted to make a video that reached one million views that is not something that anyone can just like decide to do. Right. It takes yeah. a lot of work. It takes a unique 
approach and it takes a unique creative product that could even have a chance at achieving that. Mm-hmm. And to do so is meaningful in that you had to like solve a specific problem right, to, to right. really boil it down and there, to make you know that what? happen. There are a specific amount of thi- – well, not a specific. There are like things that go into that, right? Not every single video gets that many views. And so it's like, oh, well, what does – go into that. And so it it is an interesting thing for sure. I was um I was just thinking about like you know a, a, like a a good Werner Herzog, you know, there's nothing like a good Werner Herzog quote. But <laughs> but uh he did have something to say about like audience and I think it was it, it, this is a kind of like a commentary too on like haters and comments and whatever and taking feedback, which is essentially his his viewpoint was uh he didn't care what anyone had to say about what he made, but he did want them to see it. He wanted to make sure people saw it, which is kind of a thing. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like you create things and you put so much energy into them that it it is gratifying to know that people are seeing it, you know? That's re- a really important distinction too. And that I think what that boils down to is there can be value in achievement and hitting a benchmark if you know exactly what hitting that benchmark actually means, if mm-hmm. you can like dig into it a bit. And so like, let's say, let's take winning an Oscar for yeah. for an example. It's pretty timely too, right? Yeah. Um, what does it actually mean that you have won an Oscar? It means a group of people have decided that your work was culturally important enough to recognize. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you actually understand that it doesn't mean it doesn't actually mean you made the best movie of yeah. 2015 or whatever the fuck that would even entail. It You can start to actually mine value out of things that on their face can be kind of cynically referred to as meaningless. Yeah. And even with that, I kind of, uh, I waffle a bit on this point, which is there's something like really fascinating about playing the game and trying to win that. You know, I think there's a competitive gene in me that like, you know, it it's kind of, again, like, it's the hacker mentality. Like, it's hilarious to put yourself in a position that seems successful, that you're like, this is not actually what I want, but I did want to find a way to get, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, the, I totally yeah. <laughs> But But not in a way that's, like, shitting on achievement, but it's like, you know, I, I think it's kind of making, a, it is, to an extent, at least in your head, making a folly of it, because it is a folly, you know? You do, you know, you know, uh, and maybe this is why there's so much insecurity among among creators. It's like, you know, like there's probably some form of nepotism involved or there's some form of chance or luck. But ultimately, if you can find a way to play that game, it's just like, you know, winning a million dollars at Blackjack is amazing. And of course, you're going to acknowledge there's some luck involved. But the fact that you did it is pretty cool. Totally agree. I mean... It's just, it's not about, I think, it's not like taking the piss for an English expression out of achievement. It's being candid with what that achievement means. Yeah, totally. Uh, quick, quick aside, and this is not super related, but I will say one thing that really irks me. Is, hey, Vinny, let me tell you something that really grinds my gears. <laughs> no, really, though, it's like uh, we were talking about quantifying and social media and numbers and followers. It's like I really dislike when... I come across someone or something that is clearly like purchased bots or social media followers mm-hmm. that like really kills mm-hmm. me, man. It's just like, and here's the thing. 
Why? I, I'm curious. Why does it? I mean, I have my own opinions on it. Why, if you can't articulate, why does it kill you? <laughs> you know why it kills me? It kills me because it kills me on such a deep level. Because I, it kills me because that means that the game of this stuff has gotten to whoever was in charge of that, and they have succumbed to the pressures of social proof. And that they have felt it so much that it they deemed it necessary to... It, this isn't even like a steroids argument. This isn't about like winning at baseball. This is like... This is like... Uh, man, I don't know. It, just, it, kills me that, it kills me that there's so much pressure on it, really. I don't, I'm not even necessarily mad or and are disappointed in the person. But it's... You know, I don't know. I, I have felt that same pressure. It's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, it's just this fame culture. It's this... Oh, you know, you, you followers give you gratification, give you validation, give you opportunities, give you whatever. And it's just like, I'm, you know, I've known people very close to me even who have done this and it's so obvious and it hurts me that they have felt that way. It doesn't hurt me that they didn't necessarily, but it hurts me that they were so compelled almost in a nightcrawler sense. Did you catch that movie this year? No, I didn't get a chance to see it. Vincent Gyllenhaal really kills it in that movie, though. I got to tell you, the screenplay is literally sitting right in front of me, and I meant that in the actual use of literally. Oh, it's not on your desk in Minneapolis. It's in your hands right now. My hand is on it right now. (laughs) No, it's right in front of me. I was was reading it earlier today. Uh, Yeah, it's it's an amazing story, and um, here's what here's what it how how it's relevant is a lot of people look at the main character Gyllenhaal as a sociopath they put that label on him as like a a psycho and the director writer uh dan gilroy would say that the he he believes uh, two things first of all he believes that the main character jake gyllenhaal uh his character uh what's his name lou uh he believes that in five years from the end of the story that that character could very well be running a multinational uh corporation and that that's the sort of mentality that uh, is needed and and does rise in these corporations it's this sort of ruthless uh cold emotionless logical idea and um the other interesting thing is his what he would say is that uh, society is responsible for creating that person and that it is not necessarily uh you know people look at a psychopath or, i mean i don't even get into like a serial killer but it's like a similar idea which is we have created the monster you know it's not the monster's right. fault necessarily which is really interesting and i think that's why my heart hurts when i see things like that because it's like hmm the yeah, yeah the disappointing thing about it is you can't you you know you can't blame the baseball player for taking steroids when the nation cheers for you to take steroids and the commissioner encourages you to take steroids and the powers that be look the other way when you take steroids, who is actually at fault for the steroid use at that point? Yeah. I would argue it's anyone but the player, right? Right, all right. But of course, it's not like, it's, not like, it's like, hey, I, hey, we don't blame you. You're okay, you're okay. But it, it's it, a, yeah, it's a it's dangerous... Just a, it's a sad environment is what it is. That, you exactly. know, it's just a signal of a sad environment. And so there we see the the dark side of achievement and milestone chasing, right? It's that they've, to use a cliche that I think is applicable, they've lost sight of why they're doing what they're doing. The ends have become more important than the means, which is something I think as creatives we always have to take the utmost care in not allowing to happen. 
Yeah, man. That's uh <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if we okay, can we can we dig into this a little bit, which is hmm. There are a couple of interesting things here. There's this idea of of your expectations of what a position or what a, a milestone or anything will be. And of course the reality that comes with it. And then there's almost some like deeper ideas of happiness and presence and contentment, which I think become even more complicated in the current landscape of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot wrapped into it. That's, uh, that's for sure. Um, you know, dare I even say there's a, there's a undertone of self-awareness about it, in which case sometimes we don't even know ourselves why we do the things we do. And it's not always the easiest thing to sit down and, and find out. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and again, you kind of were calling me out on this in a really great way before. It's like, I don't want to undermine the idea of achievement and of of quote unquote success or like, you know, like you should celebrate making stuff and doing things and you shouldn't shit on. Like no, absolutely. People and you yeah. take, take them as, as reasons to stand back for a moment and appreciate all that you've done that hasn't been celebrated by an achievement. Right. Yeah. Every time you get an achievement and you might say like, Oh, like this is cool. It's not, ex- it doesn't mean that much, but just use it as a moment to, reflect and appreciate and reward yourself for the things that haven't been recognized and and the things that have you know it's funny too okay here's a thought i had when i was watching the oscars um somewhat recently was i was like god this is so vapid this is so empty this is like yeah but but i'm not i'm honestly not that cynical but i was like for a second i was like what is this like this is big gigantic thing that everyone's watching and it's so important and i was just like from a creator perspective, it's like, does this really matter? Like, you know, it's not, uh, like you said, a validation of like the best movie of the year. It's more, uh, you know, it's more complicated than that. But, um, what I did, here's an interesting thing. Uh, and this actually kind of harkens back to some of the chemical and psychological motivators of humankind, which is sometimes you need a carrot in order to like achieve, you need a carrot to achieve progress, even for the greater good, as it were. And um, I realized like, wow, a lot of the things that were created that are on display right now are really important and have, uh, and I, I think this is what attracts me so much to film is, wow, this is an opportunity to really influence people uh, in, in uh, I don't want to say a powerful way, but yeah, you know, in a powerful way, you know, you can have a really big impact on someone's trajectory and on you can make them think about things and of course we should motivate that that's that's why we pay doctors so much right that's a motivation (laughs) absolutely man i couldn't agree more and i think what i i felt that way for several years um that the oscars was kind of you know to use a crude term a, a circle jerk of insider hollywood glad handing but what really took the cynical edge off for me was a conversation I recently had with a coworker who's who's a giant Oscars fan. And what she said to me was that, yeah, there's some emptiness to it and there's some, you know, back padding involved and, you know, there's it's never going to be a perfect ceremony. But what's more likely that these that these actors year after year are going up there and faking for the good of the industry genuine joy 
and grace in accepting their awards? Or is it that these performers legitimately do care about being appreciated and just for one moment, at least reflecting on the fact that they've done something that someone somewhere liked and can't we just like set aside our cynicism for a night and enjoy it along with them. And I, that made me kind of like the Oscars again. Hell yeah, man. You know, I think that's totally, I don't want to say it's a corner I've turned, but I don't know the last few days and, uh, and travel will do this to me, <laughs> but <laughs> I just really feel, I feel good. I feel very, like, I have a deep residing cynicism, and I was explaining this to Katie too when we were talking about perspective, um, especially from a, a filmmaking standpoint. It's like, oh, what's your voice? Like, what are you trying to say? And I was saying, like, I kind of have a deep underlying cynicism, but I think that cynicism is really like it's a sense of truth of things. And then I try and deliver that um, with with like bacon wrapped around it, you know, whether that's like <laughs> through comedy or through whatever, it's kind of just a better feeling. I don't even want to say veneer, but kind of, kind of a casing. And man, it's a spoonful of sugar, right? Totally. And, and I think that's, um, that's part of the podcast. Even I think that's how we got onto that topic. I was like, cause she so got the tone of the podcast. And I was just saying like, yeah, like it's great to get into some of these heavy topics, but to deliver them so heavy handedly. And so like, <laughs> solemnly is just ridiculous and also yeah, nothing matters and everything good. matters and nothing matters and everything matters it's just like so anyway i feel more grounded in that recently in that the very sunny side of that yeah i think it's a i think that's a milestone that i yeah. and i've seen others pass as well in the creative industry it's kind of cool not to care and it's cool to like turn your nose up at stuff in our industry yeah i think i think you could agree with that sure. and and making it cool to do the opposite and get enthusiastic about something is, uh, is Dude, something totally. I've felt happen in myself and I've seen happen in others. I think that's a, that's definitely a movement in general. I think that's why nerds and nerd culture, geek culture has risen as it has, which is like, Hey, it's okay to really like stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do this and it feels dirty doing it to my co-host, but I'm going to segue us. Ooh. Into a topic of the show we do every week called the Off Topic Topic, which is cue the theme music that we never had and never will. Uh, Don't say I guess never. I should never say never. Yeah. Um, now that we're talking about you know milestones, Oscars, pop culture, Miss Featherston, um, <laughs> it's it's making me think of movies, and there you are, close to Hollywood, right? <sighs> so close in in sunny South California. Uh, I want to talk to you about something I hope you have. I have actually – can you believe this? I have not had the pleasure of witnessing this firsthand. Movie-watching rituals. Oh. Have we ever watched a movie together, Grant? Not that I'm aware of. Isn't that a little bit sick? <laughs> I guess. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. it's. Uh, but it's also well, – well, yeah. I've been doing it much more constantly – or much more regularly, you know, the past year and a half probably, but I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's not that crazy. <laughs> really? I think it's pretty crazy. I guess. I mean, well, okay. The reason I say it's not that crazy is because I can't really think of many friends. I have gone to a lot of movies, especially with filmmaking friends, Braden, Braden Lee, the fantastic director who we should probably show notes who I just went to Tokyo with. 
Cool. Little show notes. Yeah. Have we talked about Tokyo yet? We did, right? On the, yeah, we we mentioned a few times. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, cool. Um, Braden and then Kevin Horn and Jake Woodbridge, yeah. But um, yeah. Well, okay. Was there maybe that maybe that transitions well into your movie watching rituals? Do you watch them alone usually? Well, so what I was gonna say is this is totally relevant, and it was something I talked about with Katie and with um the gentleman that I mentioned. You know that that story from last night that director i was talking to in the kitchen um and specifically i'll say for both of them there were two things that i really really loved that i mentioned to them because we were just kind of riffing on things we were interested in and what i mentioned to that director uh was we were talking about movies he he loved whiplash which i also loved oh my god vince i adore that movie and i really hope you'll you'll take the time to watch that movie oh i'm gonna rent it as soon as it's in my local red box don't worry about that my friend good um we were talking about Nightcrawler, actually, and he was saying, you know, he, he was like a, he's like a BAFTA screener or whatever, and it was, it, he had gotten a screener, and he, like, had watched halfway through and turned it off, and, and I was like, okay, yeah, I totally understand that, and I'm not necessarily commenting directly on your experience with this movie, but on a grander scale, like, how you approach the movie, the mood you're in, uh, the place you're in, the, the mindset you enter the movie watching experience or the television watching experience is so relevant to how you feel about it. And if you go in feeling stressed about work and you are thinking about that stuff or you're like, I'm tired or whatever, if you, you have to give it your attention. And if you don't, that's okay. And they're like, I think, but I think there are also a lot of things that don't require as much energy that you can just kind of turn on. But for a truly good thing there's so much attention to detail that if you don't give it your full attention you're robbing yourself you're not robbing anyone else you're just robbing yourself absolutely yeah and and that's going to impact your experience and for katie it was um breaking bad for for this gentleman it was uh nightcrawler oh she was she's not a fan of breaking bad she is she is but she she hasn't gone all the way through and and it was totally related and there was like a story along with it like uh to whatever but the point is, she was like not in the the right quote unquote space to watch the thing, you know. See, that's a fascinating thing about ritual, right? Is like setting yourself up for maximum enjoyment. That's kind of what ritual is. And mm-hmm. if that enjoyment is like being comfortable and enjoying the film, that's one thing. But if it's if you get enjoyment from actually you know digesting and churning up and appreciating the film then it's make setting yourself up for success in doing that is pretty important totally so i think that's why i very very much appreciate the theater experience because it requires yeah, yeah it requires an opt in you know it's like there's an agreement there is a commitment yeah and pretty much you're going like there's not a whole lot else to do and have you it, ever walked out of a movie? That's what I want to know. No. Mm, fascinating. Nor have I. Okay. I think it says a, it's a, it takes a very strong, convicted person to walk out of a movie. That's a pretty big move. Yeah, I guess on one level I respect it, but on the other level, I guess to me, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty open-minded, and also like interested in the fringe of things so it's like it this doesn't need to be like groundbreaking for me to be interested in at least one aspect of it and especially man especially over the past few years for filmmaking you know watching a movie there's a total layer that i'm 
interested in that keeps me way engaged. Even if I fucking hate the movie, I can at least start to look at, okay, well, where are they cutting? What are the camera angles? Uh, is this like a long lens? Is this, you know what I mean? Well, what's the narrative like? What's All right, that's interesting to me. Like, because you hear sometimes people who get into movie making mm-hmm. and they say it in, on some level ruins movies for them because the immersion is forever spoiled and they can see the gears turning you don't think that's the case it's kind of the opposite well i'm gonna call i'm gonna semi-call shenanigans but i'm also gonna recognize something so what i will recognize is i am so far from mastery in that respect that it's like so fresh i mean and i've and i've been my perception of of movies and of TV changed. I want to say like my sophomore year of college when I realized that people really made this stuff and I started to see it from a different perspective, but it never ruined it. It only enhanced it for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think, uh, the, the other point is that a lot of the people I respect, some of the the most brilliant creators, uh, they're such fans. They really are such fans of the thing of cinema or of television or of or of writing of novels of screenwriting whatever that it doesn't ruin their experience because they're fans and I think uh, that's just if it ruins their experience um, that means they're like just taking taken out of the story because it sucks and <laughs> well I mean sucks from yeah. their perspective sure it's subjective but um to, I guess at that point then my other interests my other curiosities take over which is like oh well like why does it suck you know like oh what could they have done better and it just kind of gets the gears turning so i don't know i i think like being a creator if you don't love the stuff you're creating or the medium you're creating in and it it ruins it for you i would just therein lies the problem yeah i really think so i I think that kind of gets a a deeper cynicism so well okay so so vinnie tell me about your rituals Mm. rituals are very important by the way i think oh yeah we so I think we both agree on that in a big note uh i mean i'm gonna echo the sentiment you had about environment mattering in environment in mattering massive environment mattering. <laughs> oh come on too easy uh we hey i remembered we have watched one movie together which is that time crimes oh my god how could we forget time crimes can, man? can we <laughs> <laughs> Vince, can we be can we be fully honest about that experience? Oh my god, please, let's be candid. Okay, so that was oh my god, what a great aside. The the beauty is I think very few people will hear this part of the episode, but it is a delightful fucking part. Uh oh, so it is. So Vince, okay. I'm a big fan okay, first of all, I'm a big fan of like blocking off time for creation. And yes. uh actually the oh, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful tie around. I was going okay, so okay, 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 okay. Uh, I we wanted to go. I wanted to take a, a bit of a creative retreat. I wanted to go somewhere with people, and I especially wanted to workshop the script that I was working on. Um, yes, and I wanted to write it, and I wanted to, yeah, whatever. And this that script is the very one that Katie that I gave to Katie today, which you gave me some amazing notes on rerun short film. Well, that I'm working I really on. enjoyed reading it. I'm so glad that makes my heart so happy because you know, I respect your opinion so much. So that was that. And kind of what ended up happening was, uh, I went up there a little bit early. Oh, oh, so I went to my parents' place in St. Cloud. They were on vacation, just a totally random thing. (laughs) Uh, and St. Cloud is like an hour North of Minneapolis where we both live. And, um, you guys met, met me up there. Um, and I ended up taking on a project that I, didn't really want to do but was like 
paying my rate and was like a real, I was just like, I had to do it. It's good um, timing for I it. I know. I mean, so I think I'm in a better place now in terms of like selecting projects and clients. But at the time it was like, whatever the fuck I can get, I will do. And I had to, <laughs> you know, I just had to take uh-huh. it, you know, it, yep. the, I feel like more and more, like whenever I want to travel or go somewhere, I get a project right before I leave. I swear. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. That's but, just fate, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I went up there planning on writing and hoping to get some feedback from you guys and kind of workshopping stuff. And you came up, did you come up with Matt Picaric? Matt Picaric. Yep. I, I think he's a friend of the show, but he's not like ever been on the show, but he's a friend of the show. He's a friend of He's of a friend us of us, so I think he's <laughs> a friend of the show. And um, we ended up that night, I think I'd actually heard this on a Sasha Gray episode of The Nerdist. Absolutely, you have. And we've talked about that particular episode before. Amazing. And you and I are both kind of cinema junkies and mm-hmm. time travel junkies. Yes. And I was like, Vince, we have to watch this. I think we, yeah, we proclaimed that on an episode. I was like, we're going to watch this, Time Crimes. Yep, and and so we did. We did, under the influence of some delightful edibles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> influence, like, being too too slight of a term. <laughs> yeah. It was under the absolute mind control. <laughs> <laughs> and And that was a funny thing, too, because... Uh, I had a very generous and psychotic friend send me a batch of brownies just randomly under no request uh, for my birthday, my upcoming birthday. And I was like, oh, my God, this is ludicrous. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, guys, we I guess we got to. And uh, <laughs> we did partake. And I mean, well, of course, that, that had an influence. But that movie, man, that yeah, movie. I think uh, it may actually made it for a very lucid viewing experience. Yeah. The aftermath was uh, was more less lucid, uh, right, but right, right. <laughs> during the movie, I I mean, talk about ritual and talk about maximizing yeah. the impact of a medium. That certainly did. It certainly did. You know what, man? I think there's something to be said about that. That like commitment to watching it. it I think Absolutely. it's easy to make fun of people who take some sort of like. Uh, any type of drug and and watch something or consume something, but it's like I don't know. There's like a certain level of like respect that goes into that. Oh, for sure. I mean, is it like that much different to make sure you're in a dark room with all the lights off for a scary movie? Like you're just all you are is like influencing your stimulus mm-hmm. to maximize the impact of whatever it is you're intaking. Totally. If we jump that even to productivity stuff, it's like if you fucking like sit. I mean, just having rituals around, like, getting to work, for me, it's like, oh, if I'm listening to a podcast or something, honestly, I'm not going to be as productive. If I put on some good music, like, that totally changes the wavelength of my brain. So, like, set myself up to succeed. Don't, like, need to finish a bunch of stuff and then, like, listen to something that is going to distract me. Just, like, you shouldn't sit in a brightly lit room and have, like... I don't know. For some reason in my head, I was going to say, have a fire burning in front of you, but that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> but that no. That would probably not be too distracting. Right. Set yourself no, no, up no. for success, right? I mean, acknowledge that. Absolutely. So so what are your rituals? <laughs> uh, I It depends on the movie, but like I said, scary movies. I love scary movies both at home alone with all the lights off and just sitting in the complete darkness. And I also love them in big movie theaters. That is one of my least guilty pleasures on this wow. planet is watch is like sitting in a giant packed theater watching a scary movie listening to people scream and shriek and like embarrass themselves in public it's not of course not embarrassing that's what the person who made the movie wants you to do and that's part of the enjoyment is doing it all together um so 
Wow. One thing I do need to have is popcorn. I always have popcorn. Yeah. No that's... exceptions. Wow, really? Really. That's I just a... crave it. That's so interesting. That really is like fucking fascinating to me. It Man. just like uh for some reason getting my hands and mouth involved in the watching process. Yeah, yeah. Just like just cements me in that seat. That's pretty cool. I Yeah, I mean I I definitely enjoy like a snack during there. It's it's just like a fun add-on it's part of going to the theater it's just going out to the moving pictures man the moving pictures <laughs> Ain't that uh, the truth, man well it's a that was an apt discussion given your location yeah totally what well, if yeah <laughs> i miss la man oh yeah right that was funny actually when i was talking to katie again but it was just like she asked when the last time i was here i was like well funny you should ask because I, <laughs> I gave her a bit of context about creatives go west and hold on let me segue for a second please um and speaking of milestones, this idea – I mean, okay, let's just jump into maybe last thoughts based on that, whatever. Perfect, but, yes. But, um, I was hoping you'd segue us. But uh, it's like – man, okay. <laughs> Here's a milestone for me actually. Uh, so I've had – Barrett co- like gives me shit like every maybe once a month about – creatives go west and it's so <laughs> fu- brooks friends of the show oh my god you know barrett is a fucking he's an amazing human i'm so glad to call he's him a, good, a friend he's a good dude you know it's just like really amazing um but uh he gives me shit about that about creatives go west like haha like you're gonna finish that and I, I i had my mother actually ask me about this i had lunch with her uh at a local establishment pat's tap are you familiar Oh, I love that. Ah, place. yeah. Right before, you know, it's en route to the airport. Ski ball. Yeah, she yeah, she brought me to the airport. She, you know, it was very nice. She asked me about that and it was just like it's funny because I've gotten this slight vibe and and it's not I have I have analyzed it enough where it's like, oh, okay, this isn't actually my projection. This is just like, oh, this is what the vibe of someone is. It's like Oh yeah. So, what about Creatives Go West? Are you gonna finish that, or like, you know what I mean? As <laughs> yeah, if, as yeah, if yeah. it's like a failure or some sort of blemish, and it's like pretty funny to me. And I want to say a milestone for me is like not caring, <laughs> because my answer to that, which really ultimately doesn't matter, but my answer is like, oh, there are more important things right now, and I I follow the grain of the wood, you know. I when there's an opportunity, <laughs> I don't. I I follow it if it feels right, and right now that is not that important to me, and there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> you know. I and totally I, agree, yeah. And I think that ultimately brings it back to, yeah. F- well, here's a here's another, and to be very honest, this is another funny thing. Was my mom was uh, was also talking about like uh, like recently I've had some friends getting engaged, and she said she had uh, she had a friend. Or like multiple friends, like ask her, uh, like, oh, so like, are you? Because I have a girlfriend, right? I've had a girlfriend for over a year now. Yes, he lovely human being who I'm also a fan. Yeah, amazing. But she like was like, oh yeah, like are like I had a friend ask me if like she's the one or whatever, and I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) wow, yeah, no, no, right? Talking about milestones, but it's like milestones are kind of a relic, in my opinion, you know. Like uh, that milestone represents something that other people project and is meant to give happiness, but is like, I th- and I kind of like, I kind of explained to my mom that doesn't, I'm not there right now, honestly, just in my life. Like, that's just not where I'm at. I'm, right. 
I'm in a different place, but also that kind of doesn't matter. I get it, but that is so much a projection of like expectations of the next step of the step you need to take. And I think to, to carry that over even to career and job stuff, it's like, Oh yeah, you're supposed to want to, you know, become this. You're supposed to want to in advertising, Vince, you want to become a creative director because that means you've made it, you know, in relationships, you want to get married because that means you've made it. But it's like, I don't know. I think that's, that's a result of other people's desires or other people's expectations. And there's, to bring it back to Seneca, that, that, which we, we need to show notes this. And I really hope anybody who especially has listened we'll, this we'll far. We'll bold it for sure. Yeah. Anybody who's listened this far should be reading that or should read that and then maybe come back. It's, it's like, that is a projection into the future. And, and it's, it's so far from the present and I don't think marriage is a bad thing. I don't think, you know, that's like a bad thing inherently, but I do think a lot of marriage is, is like, I don't want to say succumbing to the ideals of society, but it is reacting to other people's expectations and taking the, uh, quote unquote next step. And I, I don't know, man, it's, it's it's even relevant to a lot of the work I've been doing and I've talked about with you is like I'm not trying to build an agency because that gets me further from the work. So why would I take that next step? You exactly. know, I'm just enjoying the work and you know, maybe there are steps and and maybe that progresses and your your priorities change, but it's just like you know what? I'm happy right now. And I don't need to go too far beyond that. That doesn't mean I won't plan. I won't be smart about about uh, almost creating more happiness for myself. But I'm not going to plan to the detriment of my present. I mean, that. I think that exact line wraps it up perfectly. Like, it's it's tough to say. It's it's almost objectively true that milestones exist for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. It's important for us as humans to create context, but these milestones only mean as much as the meaning we ascribe to them. Mm -hmm. And when you feel social pressures like to get married, for instance, it's because you're feeling the collective force of millions of people ascribing meaning to that in their lives. And that just ripples through and affects you through other people. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you, as long as you don't lose sight of why, why would you want to get married? Oh, it's because you want you want some token of proof of commitment to someone that you really love and care for, and that's can that can be important. Yeah, it can be important, but it takes a very frank and earnest conversation with yourself to make sure that it's important. And it's when we don't have that conversation that I think we start to run into problems. Yeah, man. I think <laughs> so. Really, milestones they're great because they give us they're like um they're sort of like a like mm, i'm gonna say a pole or they're like a land mass to point your ship toward but yes but if oh god oh god i'm falling into such a cliche of like it's all about the journey not the destination but really man that that ought to be reiterated especially in my interactions with people who have reached the land mass and it doesn't change anything, you know, it's, uh, 
it doesn't change anything from the day to day a struggle slash reality of a human being, which is, you know what? I kind of want to be not to discount the fluctuation of emotion and, and sadness, but I just kind of want to be happy. And, and really ultimately I just want to be right here. And in my, here's what I will say about achievement and about milestones. In my experience, people who have striven, is that correctly used? Yep. Nailed it. People who have striven for milestones who have, ambition who reach i think they find out a lot about themselves and i think in that process their goals change but i think the ultimate um point is having those goals in the first place is what pushed them to to a a deeper sense of self-awareness is what pushed them to a sense of of ultimately i think maybe happiness or contentment or at least a a realigned set of priorities. And to me, that's kind of what it's about. It's like, man, (laughs) it just, you just, you have to, you have to want to do what you're doing right now. And picture yourself, picture yourself reaching your goals. How does that feel? Now what? What's next? And if if there's nothing, it's like, "Mm, hmm. Maybe that goal is not the right goal. Well, and or, or you, or you. I mean, it, it, it's good to get you on the path, but at a certain point, you just have to realize. Like, for me, man, I, I think at this point, it's like what motivated me right away was probably more in line. Uh, it, it was probably more vain. I think I'm not. I'm not totally sure, but I. I just think my priorities have changed, and you know, maybe that's yeah, maybe that's part of like getting any any amount of recognition maybe that changes but I, I don't know i think it's important to just yeah i i mean yeah i couldn't agree more uh in that in kind of a, a self-illustrating point right <laughs> our 50th episode it did, yeah it's, it's like it's like meaningless because we're just gonna record next week a really awesome episode <laughs> 51 and episode 52 that is the dichotomy right it's meaningless so like, and so meaningful but at the same time, it's given me and you, I think, a chance to look back on what 50 episodes has felt like and been like. And it's just – it's filled me with renewed motivation Fuck that yeah. I didn't even think I could reach another level of. And it just made me happy. And it's, it's just been nice, man. It's been a nice 50 episodes too. Man, what a pleasure. Thank you, Vince. My my ma was asking me how the podcast is going. <laughs> mothers illuminate so much don't they and uh <laughs> they are, and they are mirrors. man i couldn't i couldn't have it just say like oh man it's just it's really good and it's really good because we're doing what we want to do every time i hop on the line every time i get together with vince it's like such a pleasure it feels it feels like a treat it feels like i you know i won some type of lottery to be able to do this and <laughs> And she's like, well, okay, so like, how long do you think you'll do it? And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I think Who knows? I, in my head, I, I, right now, I'm aiming for two years. It, but I'm aiming much larger than that. But it's like, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter. But, it, you know, it's just like, we're just going to keep doing this until it feels like we shouldn't, <laughs> you know? And I think that's the that's a milestone I think we can we can both agree on. Totally, man. Thank you. Thanks for doing the show with me, Vince. It's, hey, it's thanks for calling pleasure. in from sunny uh, Los Angeles. I know. I have to sit inside for this, you bastard. <laughs> oh, well, get God. back out there and enjoy it, my friend. I will.
Uh, but before we do, we gotta we gotta team ship it. Team ship it. If we ever have a some sort of like intramural like soccer or like tennis team or something, we're, we're gonna sponsor it. a little league team this summer. <laughs> Dude, what do you think that would run us? I don't. I think we could probably do it on the pretty reasonable price, right? I am so into that. <laughs> like, I oh my god, I actually think that would be fucking cool. Oh wow, okay. All right, this uh, is for this is for the kids of Franklin High. <laughs> In the future, all right? We're going to look into this, man. <laughs> Count it down, man. Uh, three, two, one. Ship, Ship it. it. Okay.